Welcome to the Health Coach Nation podcast. My name is Haley Rowe, and I'm a sales and marketing coach and LinkedIn lead generation service provider. I work with health, life, and mindset coaches and online service-based business owners to help them get more sales, shift their time to the client generating activities instead of just the busy work, and overcome that social media overwhelm. Let's get into the show. Hey, I want to give you a really important Facebook announcement before we go into today's episode. My free former group called Health Coach Nation was hacked. And what that means is somebody made themselves an admin of the group and removed me from the group. So I no longer have control over the group. I don't know what this person's intent is with the group. I don't know if they're going to start posting in there or messaging people. But my goal for you is to keep you as safe as I possibly can on Facebook. So my suggestion is that you leave the group and you join my new group that I just made called the Marketing Hub Group. We're going to rebuild stronger than ever in the Marketing Hub Group. And what I want to encourage you to do as well is to check out who the admin is in the group by going to the members list. And if you want to report him and block him, you can do that. So I'm very excited about the new group, and I want to also assure you that all my other platforms, social media, and website are secure, and my team has been implementing even more measures of security on all of our other assets. So I hope to see you in the new community, and thank you so much for being a part of my tribe for all these years. But with all these years, we can rebuild, reinvent, and it's never too late to start over. So I'm excited to see you in the new community, and thanks so much. I am live today with Keith Kepner, and he is going to tell you all about his work experience, but he's had quite an, a, a very uh, elaborate experience in the health and wellness world. So Keith, why don't you just share how you got your start in health and fitness and your entrepreneur journey? Right. Yeah. So start off, I think a lot of people that are in a certain industry, you have a reason for going in that industry. And so my reason initially, uh, the root of it was having a chronic illness, Lyme disease, which led me to drop out of high school and things like that. Went undiagnosed for many years, finally got an answer for what I was struggling with and started treatment. But at that time, uh, I was in the, I was the antithesis of everything I wanted to be as a 17 year old guy. And so to me, uh, what it was that I wanted to be was, you know, strong, confident and fit. And the field of diamonds in my own backyard was my father, who's a professional boxing coach. So I went towards that as a way to achieve better health and to help me also overcome the chronic illness along with the treatment we did. And yeah, so that's what kind of led me to where I am now. So I, I did some competing boxing in the United States and Mexico. Then fortunately I got a, I got an injury. So then that uh, just really just threw me right into coaching because I had no other real work experience and uh, found success as a coach. And then, started to realize that if I want to keep coaching and not do what a lot of people do, which is coach on the side while you work a full-time job, I need to find out how to be a better business owner. And uh, then through that process, fell in love with business and everything else that goes along with that. Because, you know, all the reasons that a lot of us like health and wellness, the personal development aspects of it, uh, you find that with business as well. Absolutely. I agree with you. I got into personal, well, fitness was kind of my gateway into personal development. Right. And I started off selling fitness DVDs and group X and doing, you know, nutrition consults and stuff like that. And in college, got my bachelor's in entrepreneurship and was like, mm, I kind of like this and ended up combining the two interests with 
working at startups for wellness companies um, in business development and marketing and then kind of transition from there. But I totally agree with you. It's kind of like you have, they have to go hand in hand if you want to fully coach and make that your job. So when you were at that point where you're like, oh, wow, I guess I have to learn how to be a better business owner. Where did you start? And and what were some of the biggest aha moments you had initially when you were first getting started? Yeah. Well, so just like with anything, sometimes the lowest level of competency is beneficial, meaning you don't even know what you don't know. And because if you knew maybe everything you're going to struggle with, you might not have got into it. (laughs) So um, having that initial ignorance of, you know, thinking that it's not that complicated or not that hard uh, builds a momentum. And then quickly you find out, you know, nothing about what you're doing. And what I was the first discovery for me, which was the big paradigm shift was that, um, see my father being a boxing coach, but working only with competitive athletes. uh, So he wasn't really approaching boxing as a business. Uh, He had the uh, engineer mindset. Uh, which is what I had going into, which is that I'm going to be, or the, or the, the technical mindset of I'm going to be the best I can be at this and that's it. But as anyone knows, or if maybe you're at this with your business right now or with what you do, just simply being good at it or even really, really, really good or even great is not enough because we can all think of people that do similar things to what we do that are far more successful than we are. And, you know, maybe they might actually be better than us than we realize at what we do. But some of those people are just as good and some of those people are actually not as good, but they've mastered all the other elements. So top of the line is obviously marketing, right? Because if you don't uh, make people aware of what you do, you're not going to be able to uh, impact enough lives and grow your business at all. And so that idea and that concept of that philosophical thing of if a tree falls in the forest, if no one's there, it doesn't make a sound. So same thing with your business. It's like if you don't get anyone in it or hearing about it, you know, it doesn't really exist. And uh, so if you're serious about impacting people, you need to be serious about learning how to market. And then below that, learning how to sell those people, because some people will get down the marketing part and they think that's end all be all and then realize quickly, oh, no, wait, if they, if they truly identify their, their challenges. OK, wait, I need to actually sell people because so often we'll just take orders right in the fitness industry because someone's already essentially already sold on maybe your product or service or maybe you as a person. And so they try try out a sample of what you do. They sign up and you say, I'm great at sales. We're really they were already sold. Your job is just not unsell them, but to actually learn how to help people and coach them to actually make a shift before they even are a client is another big challenge. So yeah, so first was the marketing, then it was the sales portion. And then, you know, all all along the way was operations. But my partner, who's my wife, uh, she managed him for nine years. So she helped me with the 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 back end part, which was, uh, you know, I needed that, uh, that's that framework, uh, or else it would have all crumbled on itself. Absolutely. And I have found that most entrepreneurs are either most entrepreneurs are more sales and marketing oriented and naturally that's what they feel best at and what they want to do. And then sometimes there will be some who have more like the operator mindset right. or you find a partner who could help you with that or you'll hire somebody who can help you with that. Because I find a lot of entrepreneurs who are the outgoing type mm-hmm. aren't good at the operating type or vice versa. They're, they're a little shy if they're an operator naturally. And so they have to learn how to put themselves out there with sales and marketing. And so... Um, one of the things you highlighted though, that I thought was really good is you mentioned, um, that you had to kind of in your marketing coach people to even think that what your offer was, was a good idea. Right. So I see there's, as you were saying, like sales is like when they're already, they know they have a problem, they're ready to get some help 
and you just have to not, you know, completely have a terrible offer, right? Right. But um, when you're marketing and you're trying to help them see that there's a problem or they need to shift something, what are some tips you have specifically in the health and wellness world? Because people don't, I see a lot of coaches saying, I'm going to help you get healthy habits. I'm going to help you sustain health. I'm going to help you, you know, feel better. And sometimes the people they're talking to, it just doesn't land or it's not memorable or people are like, yeah, that's cool. But right now I need to focus on my kids' soccer games and, mm -hmm. you know, graduation and all that. I don't need a health coach right now. So what have been some things in as far as like marketing health um, that you've learned that has been useful for you? Yeah, well, one key word is the uh, word transformation. So that's very... Uh, it's, it's very triggering in a positive way with people because, you know, don't we all want to transform in some way? And obviously transforming entails a, a positive change. Uh, so really what I find is that if you try to go too narrow, depending on where you are with your business, but if you try to go too narrow, you're going to run into trouble, right? So with your general marketing, it needs to speak to the widest swath of people you can. And then once you create some type of lead flow, then you can start refining it down. But too often, I know mistakes that I've made in the past, or I see other people make is they'll try to call out too specific of a demographic or a psychographic and try to speak too clearly. Cause we all hear that thing about, Hey, you know, if you become the best at working with uh 35 year old, you know, stay at home moms that, you know, you'll have a great business. Well, I mean, yes, if you've identified that that's what your service is best for and you've proven that, but if you haven't really done that, you need to figure it out. So that's where initially marketing for us was simply just putting out the word, of what we are and what we do. Uh, but then it became more of the thing of, well, how do you draw people that are not just interested, for instance, what we do, which is boxing, how many people actually want to achieve other things and the boxing just might be the way that they're going to do it. And so that's where the whole transformational language is really important. And honestly, some vagueness, right? So then someone can kind of implant their own goals or their own perception upon your offer or your marketing um, and then therefore, when you're able to actually get them to submit their information, because at the end of the day, it's like you need them to just raise the darn hand. If they can raise their hand and give you their information, you know, the first part of the battle has been won. Right. But now there's a whole other part of the battle. And this is one thing that makes the uh, fitness world and health harder than a lot of other industries is that think about it. People make a decision to go to a restaurant or to go to a fast food joint in about five seconds. All right. Whereas with health and wellness, you know, at least talking with our bottles. People sometimes think about coming to us for two years before they actually come in. So they might just see ads and whatnot and see the marketing and be thinking about it, but not come in until either they just happen to see the right ad that they click on, or maybe, you know, they meet someone that trains with us. Then uh, there's the people that maybe actually submit their information and then do not respond for a long time, even after you've been hounding them and texting them and calling them. And it's not because they're saying F you and I'm not interested. They're just busy and you're at the last of their list, they don't even really know you. And so not taking that personal too is a whole nother aspect of it, but. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think with each step of this, people think it should go a certain way and then they're like, oh my gosh, they're not responding. But really it's just like, this is so normal. Right. <laughs> this is right. just why you need numbers, right? Like volume and continue following up and all the things. So um, one of the things that you mentioned is, 
with with owning a gym, be a little bit general in, you know, the messaging and let people implant their own dreams right. and hopes and all that. Sometimes I find my clients who work online, they can in the beginning, if they don't know what niche they want, I completely agree with you that they should kind of get a feel and like market some right. different problems like weight loss and you know, overcoming back pain and helping you with your sleep quality and stuff like that. And just kind of get a feel for what your audience is responding to. And then you can refine your niche if you want and make a program around it. Kind of saying that. Um, but at the same time, sometimes like I have a client who's really great with moms, loves working with moms, has a program for moms, you know, and ju it just works and having that niche makes sense. So I think it's the point here is there's no blatant advice that applies to everybody. But at the same time, you had this attitude of we're just going to figure it out. We're going to put it feelers out there and we're going to see who raises their hand. Right. So what were some things that people raise their hands for in your marketing? Any specific things you can remember? Yeah. Well, when, when now again, like to your point and contrary to the, the initial point I made, is it automatically with us being boxing, you're automatically identifying a niche, right? So there's automatically a group of people that are going to be interested in doing what you do. Now, what's an interesting caveat, though, is that I had someone tell me this uh, early on that it was a big game changer for us in our business. And that was that, hey, Keith, you don't need to try to because uh, we work with competitors as well as general public, that you don't need to try to market to competitors because obviously that's not going to sustain your business and everything else. And those people are going to come anyway. All right. But who you need to appeal to are the general public, right? Someone that's not doesn't want to be a serious boxer and might be intimidated. So overcoming with our specific niche, those things that refine the niche too much. So again, if you open up a boxing gym, let's say in a town, uh, anyone that wants to be a tough guy or gal, they might go there. Right. And so that's not something you need to worry about. But what you need to worry about is maybe how you can expand that very refined niche because even if i got 100 of everyone that's interested in boxing in like our first locations town athens georgia we would not have a sustainable business right so expanding it out with essentially those things of it doesn't matter how much like people don't care how much you know they only care about how much you care right and so articulating those things that you know hey we're gonna do this for you we're gonna help you this way um there's nothing really stands out outside of just simply articulating the positive and supportive environment and that at the end of the day, no one cares about what your program is or what your accolades are if they don't feel like you or your staff care about them. And I've seen so many people. I just saw uh, actually a couple of weeks ago, someone I know that closed down their facility um, and they know a lot about what they do uh, as far as a coach, but they are they don't really care enough about the people or at least show it. Wow. Yeah. Well, and we live in a time now where information is everywhere and right. are everywhere. And so that's not what people buy. What they buy is I want a community. I want a place I feel safe, you know, exercising and not judged and all of that. And I think leading with care, leading with feelings, leading with the experience of it is going to be more and more important in the online world and offline world when as we're encountering a time where AI is becoming more popular and all of that kind of stuff. So real quick, playing off the AI really quick. Yeah. So think about this. What does AI do? Right. Cause I use AI a lot. Wonderful, you know, chat GBT, wonderful tool for anyone that doesn't use it, use it. Uh, but so think about what that does. It takes, it takes all the information that's online. Right. And then it, you know, sources it through to answer any question you give it or to complete a task. 
So now think about how you can apply the same concept to yourself and what you do with your business. All right. So similar to playing off your point you talked about earlier is that if you are trying to grow some type of business and you, you know, you would be beneficial if you're able to identify your niche sooner than later. Now, what's a good way to do that? Find someone that serves that same niche and rip them off. Take exactly what they do and get out of your own head of this ego that we all have that, oh, well, we could do it better or we could find a better way to market and da, da, da. No, because you don't know anything yet, right? You have to copy before you can actually progress it. And so that's where to, I was thinking back to actually answer your question more specifically. That's the biggest game changer actually for us. And I actually, I, I, I was shown that this concept was okay in terms of long-term business success by Sam Walton who is the father of Walmart, right? He has a great autobiography, uh, Made in America. Uh, anyone should read it that's interested in business. But he literally would go to other re uh, retail stores, other discount stores, and with a yellow notepad, and they would kick him out of there because he would be secret shopping and everything else and just identifying what already showed to work. Because how are you going to innovate on something you don't even know exactly all the ins and outs of it? So I've made tremendous progress with our business, like light years of progress that we would have never made before if I never went, if I would have never spoken to other, uh, for instance, fitness professionals about their business and asked those hard questions that everyone's embarrassed to ask and also secret shop them and also tried free sessions at other places, all of that. And then also, like we know too, like in terms of marketing, the beautiful thing is right now on Facebook, you can go to the closest person in your industry or an adjacent industry and you can go on tra page transparency and you can look at their ads. You can look at their ad images, you can look at their ad copy and you just, just copy it, copy it and see if it works. And if it works, then you can play off it and make it your own, but you at least got to figure out what works first. Right. Well, there's like systems and frameworks and structures that you can very blatantly see as right. from your competitors, which is what you're saying. But then you got to add your own brand voice, your own twist to it, your own, you know, information. And I think, Becoming a really good recognizer of patterns is, and also what you just said, doubling down on what the heck works. Like right. when you find, when you get your first client, I get so many people who are like, well, I, but I also have to get on Pinterest now mm. and I also have to do this right now. And I also, I'm like, how'd you get the first client? Can you do more of that? Can you right. spend most of your time like doing that? If it was referrals, a lot of times people don't go in with curiosity they're just like well it was just a referral but i'm like well, what if you have a referral program what if right. you, you know like so i think um what how i've grown my business is that real secret sauce of focus on what has worked in the past let me just do a lot of that and right of that. And, and milk it and milk it well you know think about how ridiculous it would be to discover a, a a vein of gold right and then to be like well that was cool let me go somewhere else and look for one it's like no just like go until you strip it Right. That's what kicks you in the butt is the shiny object syndrome. And right. I actually even had a, in my, one of my course trainings, I have a mindset mantra of like the week and one of them was milk it, <laughs> Talking, right. milk it, milk what works. And the other thing you mentioned is, yes, you can, everybody here, if you're listening to this and you want to see good ads, you can go to the meta library and they have all the ads. You could search anybody right. you want. Um, so that was a really good tip you just gave. And I love Sam Walton's story. Um, I need to read that book for sure. Oh, it's wonderful. But so let me tell you real quick why it's wonderful yeah. because it's not just him talking or it's not just someone writing about him. It's uh, him talking, someone writing about him. And also they interview his employees, they interview his partners and they interview his competitors. They have excerpts from all of them. So you get a full right. round picture of the person and the business. That's super cool. I yeah. love that. 
Okay, so moving forward with the uh, marketing piece and sales piece, what has been what have been some maybe mistakes you've made in those areas, or just things that haven't worked, or things you've had to change as the world evolves? Yeah. Um, well, hmm. one thing is okay. Thinking about where you're at with your business again, you know, these are all conditional to certain situations. But there's you know two main chunks of marketing, right? There's direct response, and there's just kind of general um, or brand awareness. And if unless you are just, I don't know, there might be situations where someone wants to do this, but I personally don't think there is. Uh, maybe we get to a certain size. You you want to avoid general marketing. There's really not much need for it. Um, you know, if you want to just kind of waste a little bit of money here and there, that that it's one thing. But don't invest a lot into just kind of general presence marketing. Uh, nowadays with the internet or even with other forms and methods, you want to have something that you can actually track directly. And that's what obviously makes like, you know, online marketing so powerful because you can know exactly where the lead came from. You know how much that lead cost X, Y, Z. Um, so avoiding just spray and pray style marketing and really going for direct response. And then second one is that uh, not being. Hey, wait, I'm going to pause you right there. Yeah. What, can you define in your own words? I have a definition yeah. for this, but how do you define direct response marketing? Well, again, where you can directly attribute how much each lead cost, right? Okay. So let's say in the old days when they were, uh, you know, copy, copyright, right? Uh, copy testing for ad copy in newspapers, they have like a version A, version B. And, you know, you would have, uh, let's say, a telephone number that is the A ad that people would call from that ad and then one that's the b ad right and uh, so like with facebook though obviously you can just do a and b split tests and from those uh leads that come through you see who came from which ad but that way you are looking to acquire a lead not just create awareness and presence right so one way that now for instance uh is a decent way to create presence it's very cheap is like youtube youtube ads and you can do direct response from there but a billboard, let's say a billboard that's just out there on the highway, like, yeah, you know, that's if you got the money for it, maybe. But if you took that money, you just go spend on that. I don't know how much a billboard is nowadays, but took $5,000 and put that into freaking Facebook ads and had it targeted to your area and whatever. And like you're saying, the, the basic age group that you're looking for, you're going to be far more successful. Mm, okay. Got it. Thank you. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. You're good. Oh, uh, do, you have, do you have a more precise uh, definition of a direct response or? Well, the way I see direct response is you are like, so I think of like, you are leading it, like you're sending out an email or you're putting out the ad or you're, um, you know, doing an outreach or something like that. Mm. And it's, it is more tailored and specific and like direct to the person versus general could be more, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, and I think to, like I, I think of inbound and outbound marketing. Got you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but those, I guess could be different, but. Understood. I guess my whole point is, and I'm sure you've, you've done this perhaps too, Haley, is that um, the last thing you want to do is, is, is blow your money with a whole bunch of different ad companies that are going to run, Ooh. run through it with management fees, run through it. And, oh, yeah. uh, and, and, and you have like no like metric to match, to, to track it or very little. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something that uh, you want to talk about. That. <laughs> yep. You want to talk about mistakes. I, I personally think largely, uh, okay, well, here, here's something that I implore almost everyone to uh, hit marketing people with. And honestly, 
the the small startup people who are legitimate might actually go for this one and everyone that has been legitimate goes for this one is that if someone's trying to sell you on marketing for your services or whatever give them some type of situation where hey you're not going to put any money up front maybe you'll cover ad spend and that's it but you're not going to pay a management fee and if they produce you leads that you can actually sell and you sell a few then you will pay them because if they're really good at what they do they can do that i can do that and i don't even have a marketing company so if, if they're legit and they're small now if they're big obviously they're not, they're not going to make that wiggle for you unless you're a big player but yeah that's a big piece of advice i have because so many people they're just simply looking for a bait and switch because uh, it takes nothing to start a marketing company i can start one tomorrow and say hey haley i'm going to blow up your business i'm going to get you all these people make all make all these false promises and then get you to pay me a thousand bucks even and then boom i'm gone and i produce nothing or i say oh it's you know i, I just throw you a bunch of garbage leads that i bought from somewhere else for you know 50 bucks Mm hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I learned, you know, I, I'm not a marketing agency. I do consulting and coaching, so I'm a little right. different, but I have hired teams and I've learned that you as the business owner want to be, regardless of whether you pay them up front or it's performance based or whatever, you want to get yourself to a place where you're somewhat educated on yes. the basics. Like if, when I, now I'm learning Facebook language for ads, you know, and what cost per lead and, you know, ROA, you know, all that stuff. So I think that's been really important. And I don't think originally when I hired somebody, I was just trying to take quote unquote, the easy way out and just right. be like, I want you to do this. I don't want anything to do with this. I hate this and <laughs> I because it gets technical. And I learned that was not a good thing. I need to get educated and empowered and, and be able to tell if they're doing a good job or not. So one thing I teach my clients before they hire anybody, before they outsource their first thing. And by the way, like my suggestion is first get a virtual assistant and I train them how to do lead gen and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. um, anyways, point being is I like to educate my clients first on here's what to look for. Here's how to know. Here's, you know, the expectations, that kind of thing. Uh, so that you don't get pulled, you know, something pulled over you, if that makes right. sense. Right. Yeah. Oh, no, precisely. And uh, and obviously, there's uh, like different different follies. Like one that comes to mind of a classic example of of a offer that was good that was a, a bad choice uh, was for instance Groupon, right? So back in the day, Groupon was a big thing. And you know, sure, you don't pay any money up front for you know someone to come in and you get some money. But you end up getting people that are only loyal to Groupon, let's say. And that is some of the challenges with with some different fitness. Uh, I don't think there's that many out there, but just some different platforms that provide you fitness leads, let's say, or health and wellness leads, perhaps, is that uh, you have people that are, they're just, they're coupon shopping, right? And they're coupon shopping through that. And that's what they're loyal to. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a big, I'm not very, I don't approve of people uh, saying that the leads are no good or saying that, you know, oh, you know, if I just had better quality, I, I could sell them then because that's typically not the case. But sometimes in those situations, that is the situation. Yeah, that's a good point about Groupon, for sure. Who yeah. is attracting? You always have to think about that. Yeah. Right. Okay. So what about sales? Anything with sales, sales process? Yeah. So I think one of the biggest things is um, I have seen this play out time and time again, that there is so much sales resistance nowadays for your general person that you have to do your absolute best to talk kind of like how I'm talking, which is just very low key and casual. 
And the more you try to sound professional, the more people will just just put a wall between you and them. And uh, so to to just basically help them understand if you're calling them, texting them, whatever it is, uh, initially, right, the initial part of the sales uh, encounter, uh, help them understand that you're a real person, right? That's one thing. And that you're also not full of crap, right? And then same thing goes when, when, when they come in, right? There's all the things about, you know, different things like setting expectations and authority and things like that. And all those wonderful things, pre-framing, which are very important. But at the end of the day, the more they feel like you're a down-to-earth person, right, without being unprofessional, the more they're going to trust you, the more they want to have a relationship with you. And uh, that's just such a big thing. And one thing, though, in general that I've seen with sales is uh, not being afraid or rather to, to keep in mind that you are going to be, let's say, their coach or their advisor or whatever when they do come aboard. So having that mindset then, and the sooner you can do that, the more successful I've seen my uh, salespeople be, my coaches be at selling anything, uh, because you you step away from the superficial and you go right deep and hard. And but you just you do it in a loving way, and people don't mind. They want that. They don't want superficial like conversation you would have at like a, a party or whatever. They want to talk about deep stuff. They want to talk about what they're struggling with. And the the, the more you can embrace that and and be cool with that and enjoy that process. Uh, and also be vulnerable yourself, right? That's another thing too, is admitting damning uh, things about yourself in the process, the the more you will be able to build up that deep relationship uh, quickly that will then for therefore lead you to actually help make a difference in their life and help them sign yeah, up. Yeah, I love that. And I like posing the question to the audience based on what you said, like how would you be and how would you act if you already were this person's right. coach or, you know, caring about their well-being and being invested in their success, right? Let me tell you real quick, Kaylee, sorry to interrupt you, but uh, a good little phrase because I work with a lot of a lot of people that are like 20 years old, right? So they've never done any sales before and they'll have trouble kind of asking these like really hard questions of people, right? And so just a little preframe, like, hey, do you mind if I be your coach here real quick? That little thing. And it's like, hey, ask for permission. You mind if I be your coach here real quick? And then you just go deep you know, in a loving way. Yeah. And it always works. Amazing. Yeah. One thing I learned from one of my mentors and my past business partner in the past, <laughs> who I love, um, is assume the sale. Yes. Assume the sale. And not from like a pushy way, but just like, I got, I can help this person as if that's what they're sharing with you is the problem you solve. So, um, right. All right, Keith, this is super juicy. How can people stay connected with you and get in touch with you? Yeah, well, just, you know, on I'm on Instagram and uh, whatnot. If you're interested in boxing and boxing technique, we have a YouTube channel that is about, I think, like 4,000 subscribers, something like that. So it's good information on there. And uh, yeah, those are those are good ways. One thing I want to say real quick about assuming the sale that you were so yeah. right about. Have you ever seen this where people assume the non-sale? Right? Yes. Oh, my right? God. So yes. like, let me give you an example. So like with boxing, right, um, we attract a lot of different types of people, right? And and it's been it's been a beautiful way for me to like demonstrate to myself and to our teams and everything else at the location level of never assume the non-sale. So someone will come in and it's like they're just like looking super trashy. They just like you just they just everything about them speaks that they don't have the money to sign up. They don't really care to sign up all this stuff. And I tell you, it just like it just takes those few people that were actually like, dude, they're ready to do like a year prepay. They're ready to freaking like do everything, pay for the biggest, most expensive thing. And that will just like slap in your face and show you like, dude, 
don't assume that because you're going to make ass of you and me, right? If you are going to assume, assume the positive. And the same thing goes with the follow-up process too, right? If you're reaching out to people, they're not responding, assume they're busy. Don't assume that they're trying to avoid you, right? Absolutely. I think people really like look for ways to give up as soon as possible. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, Keith. So you're on Instagram. Where else? Was there anything else you want to share? Uh, just Instagram, YouTube okay. uh, with our with uh, boxing uh, technique and stuff like that. Sweet. Well, thank you so much. This was fun to get a kind of different fitness perspective because we talked to a lot of like online health coaches and people like that. But the truth is a lot of the same stuff for a local business or a brick and mortar business, it transfers to online. And I, one of my favorite things is to learn from business models or businesses that are totally different than mine and pick up on like, Ooh, that's so interesting. They right. do it this way. So very refreshing. Thank you for coming. And I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Haley. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. And if it's really helpful for you, I'd really appreciate if you share it and or leave a written podcast review. This tells the podcast sites that our show is useful and it will be promoted to more people that way. Thanks again.